Blog Talk Radio. So, right about now, you would generally hear, welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. And we decided, we decided five minutes ago, not to play that song today. Because that would be, in Seth's words, carnival-esque, which I don't exactly uh, disagree with. We came. We were supposed to be on a different uh, medium this week. We were not able to do that uh, for reasons that boggle my mind. But they're they're not available. <laughs> no, uh, look, they're they're just not available, right? I mean, for whatever reason, they're just not a, they're not available to us right now. And hopefully, we'll get that all sorted out by next week, or we'll be right back here. But the fact of the matter is, we missed last week. Last week was an important week in sports, and not necessarily on the field, but off the field, and we missed that. We missed a full week between last week and this week, and here we are today, and about an hour ago, we realized that our other platform wasn't going to work, and we can't not talk for two weeks in what might be the most important two weeks of sports for the entire year. And it has absolutely nothing to do with on the, with what is on the field. And I, I feel it's a duty to talk about what's going on. I feel that we will all have opinions of what is going on. And people use the term safe space as a, mechanism to entice people to call in, I'm going to use the same thing. You are in a safe space. You will be able to talk about what you wish. You will be able to voice your opinion on no matter what it is. We have a president that is voicing an opinion every day on what I do not know, but he's doing it. We will disagree with each other. Seth and I, we do this often. We will agree on probably a good amount. Most. Yeah. But at the same time, but at the same time, we want to hear you. So please call in at 760-283-0846 and let us know what you're feeling right now because I will tell you my emotions have gone all over all over the spectrum the last 2 weeks. It has been if it's been that way for me, I can't imagine what it's been for some people. Seth, I, I just started. I don't have I don't have a segue to you. Hi. Nah, <laughs> hey, how you doing? <sighs> yeah. No. Um, now look, in the, in the good old days, you would lead with a with a three minute monologue. So why why should this be any different? How's everybody doing? Um, yeah, it's been a tough two weeks, and. Um, Unfortunately, we had hosting issues last week, um, and typically this is you're honestly I'm taking off because well let's think about it logically it's normally baseball season and you know the Olympics haven't come yet tennis hasn't come yet you know, playoffs I, I can always take a week off from the NBA and the NHL playoffs you know we we've been hosting the show for so many years and you know done so many things had so many good laughs and so because it's not something we take overwhelmingly seriously it's fun and 
know, and that's what it should be. It's a sports show. But, you know, the, the last two weeks you know, have led to you know, conversation and rethinking of things and reevaluation. And, um, you know, it, it's a hard determination of where to start. Um, you know, even where, where you go with this. I mean, I guess we start with Drew Brees. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Sean, I mean, that, that we, look, seems to be the most logical. With, we can start with Drew Brees. We can start with Donald Trump. We can start with uh, a, a litany of different methods to the madness that's going on. And none of them, and, and that's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, none of them are wrong. There's no wrong way to, to go at this as long as the discussion continues. And I know that there will be people that state that talking about it is not doing enough. You're right, but you can't do anything unless you talk about it. So we're going to start. That, that, was, pretty good. that was pretty good. That was but pretty good. true. I, I, I fully believe that you have, you have if you, and, and again, we're going to go off on tangents in this, in this conversation because Seth and I have not talked about this before today. The only thing that we talked about was this morning where we say this was going to be the toughest show that we have ever done because you don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to offend people. You don't want to go down a path which may lead you to something that might hurt somebody else. But you know what? Every path does that. Every path is going to hurt somebody. So we'll take our view. We'll try and do our best. And that's all you can ask from us, and that's all we ask from you. So my feeling is, Seth, and um, we, the one thing we both did watch yesterday or the day before was Emmanuel Ocho's 18, eight minutes of basically an, an understanding of racial discrimination, which was tremendous. And I, I highly suggest anybody will we'll post it on, on our Facebook page because it was that good. He said, yeah, uh, unco- uncomfortable conversations with a black man. He said, it, it was brilliant. Have the, have the conversation. Because if you don't understand what you're doing, it's not worth doing. So let's talk about it and then proceed into action. But if you just proceed into action, it won't work. So let's talk before we do. So we're talking. So, so let's talk about Drew Brees. Let's talk about what Drew Brees said. And I believe Drew Brees was asked in a Yahoo quote, which was, and I believe this, this article was done right after what happened in, in Minnesota, but really wasn't relevant to what they were talking about in Minnesota. And he said, what, he was asked what you think about, what he thought about players kneeling before the flag. And his response was, I don't want I, I don't believe anybody should dishonor the flag by kneeling. I don't think he, he's absolutely wrong with that statement. 
However, that's not why they were kneeling. So this was a, this was a discussion that goes back to Kaepernick several years correct. ago, which both of us, neither of us, I believe, had an issue with the kneeling. No, um, I actually endorsed it. We both for whatever it. reason. And I'll be honest, I didn't listen to our shows from four years ago to set, to, to, to set up for this. But the whole point was that the reason that people fight in the military and do these things is so people so that protests can be allowed and protests can be done. And I thought what Kaepernick did four years ago was perfectly reasonable. It was a position he took. And I if I remember correctly, we agreed with it then. We weren't surprised by the blowback that came from it from a professional standpoint because you have 32 white owners that saw something going against, you know, what seemed like, you know, they, that they just, it wasn't something that they were accustomed to, never had to deal with before for the most part. Um, so, you know, the protest you know, has, has always never been about the flag. The protest has been about everything that has happened with the, in the African-American community. And to me, it made a lot of sense. And there was a way to get things across. I'd like to think that I would have done the same. Um, Drew Brees obviously felt a little differently. Yeah. And when he was taken a task after by several people, including his own teammates, Michael Jenkins, Michael Jenkins and other people. Michael Tom, Malcolm Jenkins and Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. It was that he was basically tone deaf. He didn't understand why people were kneeling in the first place. And this is the thing that, so he, he comes out the next day and apologizes and says he was tone deaf. And if you read the posting by his wife, which I thought was incredibly good uh, on Instagram, which I don't have, <laughs> but I saw it through Twitter, uh, Drew Brees has done everything right in his career in New Orleans. And everybody's entitled to make a mistake. Everybody's entitled to say the wrong thing and then realize that, you know what, I said the wrong thing. I will tell you flat out, I did that when I was 14 years old. Somebody asked, uh, I was in a fight, a Asian uh, boy, in our, and he was a boy because so was I at 14, um, in our class. And one of my, what I thought was a friend, said to me, you really want to get this guy? You really want to say something that will annoy him? Call him this. And this is a derogatory term that I will not utter again in my life. But needless to say, it's derogatory towards Asians, and it happened in the Vietnam War era. So you can, if, if you have any perspective of history, yeah, if you have any perspective of history, you know what that is. And it's the equivalent of the N-word, which I've never uttered in my life either. But I had no idea what that word meant. But I uttered it to him, 
and I got a cross on my face, and I don't mean a cross, I mean a right cross to my face, <laughs> knocked, knocked over the chair and fell on my back, and my head slammed against the concrete floor. And I got up, and I was ready to go. And then I asked my purported friend what I just said. And he basically said, you called him and used the N-word, used the K-word for Jews, used the F-word for, for Hispanics, any of those words. That's what you used. And I turned around, and I couldn't believe I had used that word. And I went up to the person that punched me. My fists were now open. And I said to him, I deserve that punch. If you'd like to have another, if you'd like to hit me again, go right ahead. Because I deserve it again. Because that's wrong. What, what I just said was so in the wrong, and I lose respect for myself. You're entitled to say things that are wrong as long as you make a recompense against it and don't repeat it. So he said something that was wrong. And he took it, he didn't take it back. He said, I was tone deaf. I was wrong. I don't see a problem with him doing that. Um, His teammates accepted the apology. There are certain players like Malik Jackson of the Eagles that did not. And they're entitled to that belief too. And here we are, right? I mean, every, again, everybody's entitled to their beliefs. I think that is, you're entitled to your belief as long as you're not hurting somebody. It's once you start hurting somebody that that's when it crosses a line to me. And unfortunately, we're at the stage in, in our country's history where beliefs are hurting people and beliefs are turning into actions that are hurting people. And here we are again. We're Rodney King all over again. And it scares the living crap out of me, Seth. I'll tell you that flat out. And, if it's, and it doesn't scare me physically. I walk down the street, I'm not scared. But it scares me as to where our country is going, where it, where, where it is now, and where it will be in the future. Because, Seth, you talked about it with regards to COVID in that we have lost our superpower status. Well, maybe we shouldn't have had one to begin with if we treat people this way. And to a lot of people, we probably weren't. Um, We were a superpower because of – we've never been a superpower because of what we were. We were a superpower because of the power that the country had as a whole from a weaponry standpoint, from a influence standpoint, not from the – kinds of people that we were, that thing is nothing really doesn't correlate with the other. Um, you know, every country has people that have varying views. Some are utterly ridiculous. Um, some are more moderate and some, you know, it's, you know, I'd like to think, I don't remember me ever using any of these words. I don't think I ever have. It's possible. I, I don't have it. I never, there was nothing along those lines. I think the only punch I ever threw was when a 17 year old tried to hook up with my 13 year old sister. And then I busted his nose because it was well. <laughs> um, 
But the problem is, you know, there's, and this is what I come back to. You can, you can apologize all you want, but what is the rationale behind the apology? Is it because you really believe it? Is it because you feel it's necessitated from a PR standpoint? Is it because it's the only way you're going to be able to continue whatever your career is in whatever capacity? So I guess, you know, for somebody like Breeze, who's done, I mean, countless charitable, I mean, he's when I think NFL man of the year several times, you know, he is, he is, he is New Orleans, which is why I think it was such a shock to hear the hear, as he said, as he said, the tone deafness, if it was, you know, Jake Frome made the text, you know, years ago or whatever it was stupid, but nobody cares what Jake from thinks. We're going to get to that. Yeah. We're going to get Drew Brees has such an amazing, you know, such so well has been prior to this week. So incredibly respected around the, around the country, around the NFL, I should say as a humanitarian, as a player and as a person that I think there was an extra, gut punch because this is someone well, who well, should have known better and the well, apology and whether it's sorry continue sorry well that's the point right you don't let him off the hook you don't I, at least in my opinion you don't let him off the hook what Michael Jenkins said okay you apologize now it's time to do something about it right? You said something, now put your money where your mouth is. An apology is only as good as the words that it's written on, and we've all heard the phrase, actions speak louder than words. So, yes, Drew Brees has done all this good stuff, and he's he's been commended for it over and over and over again, and he should be. When COVID started, he donated $5 million to the city of New Orleans, and and he should be commended for that. You make a mistake, you can apologize. My apology wouldn't have been worth anything if I didn't change my behavior towards that person or anybody else of that ilk. And if I ever used that word again, my apology wouldn't have been worth the words that it was written. It's all, and that's what I believe Michael Jenkins is saying at this point is, Thank you very much for the apology. Dude, I sincerely, dude, I believe you. Malcolm, yeah, Michael Thomas, Malcolm Jenkins. Oh, I keep saying Michael Jenkins. Sorry, Michael, Michael Jenkins, Jenkins is, is the old Ohio State wide receiver. But Michael Thomas, again, another Ohio State wide receiver. Sorry. Malcolm, Malcolm Jenkins, the cornerback. Sorry, you're mixing up the two yeah, guys. I know who. I know who I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm not sure who you're talking. I'm not sure if you're talking about the Mal- Malcolm Malcolm Jenkins or Michael Thomas. I'm talking about Malcolm Michael Jenkins. Jenkins. Okay. No, I'm talking about Malcolm Jenkins. I'm not talking about Michael Thomas. I know what Michael, Michael Thomas. Thomas. I know who Michael Thomas is. I know you do. Um. So so, so let's push forward, right? 
so now we have the NFL comes out with a statement, which kind of sounds like Drew Brees, completely tone deaf, right? They say something that they support, that, that they don't support racism and that they are, are doing work to stop it. But they don't say what they're doing. And they don't come out and specifically condone racism. And they don't completely come out and say they support their players. And they don't completely come out and say they support the protesters. And they don't completely come out. Basically, they come out and say a whole lot of nothing. That's what the NFL decides to do. So a gentleman who I cannot remember the man's name, who works for the NFL. The the video guy, Minter. Yeah, Minter. In the social media department. Minter. Says, I think his you know name is Minter. Minter, you're right. I am ashamed. I have been told the last two weeks, week and a half, to continue to put out highlights of last year's football on social media. Meanwhile, my boss, the NFL, is ignoring what is going on. Completely. Ignoring what is going on. So Minter uh, uses Twitter direct messages, Michael Thomas, and gets Continue. what is and gets what is the best minute and ten of social media I have ever seen. And he got the right guys. And Seth, I'll tell you, I didn't recognize Ezekiel Elliott. I didn't even recognize Michael Thomas, but I sure as shit recognize Pat Mahomes. Having Pat Mahomes in that video. Did you recognize Jamal? Nope. You're you're soon to probably be ex-safety? Nope. Didn't recognize him either. But I recognize Pat Mahomes. Yep. They got the right guy. I didn't recognize Saquon Barkley, but I recognized Pat Mahomes. Again, they got the right guy. They got the face of the NFL. And I saw that on one of my walks when it first dropped, and I was stunned. Stunned. at First of all, how good it was. How much you got the message across. How much you got the message across how absolutely phenomenally well it was done. And then I had to basically do a step back and say, wow, the NFL really shit the bed on this one, didn't they? And then I hear Roger Goodell the next day. (laughs) Well, and you know, to the credit of the NFL, they did give look. They they gave the uh, Minter Brendan Minter. They gave him the credit for this. I'm not crediting Roger Goodell with a lot here. Um, you know, the response was what the response kind of had to be. And you know whether he whether he believes it, whether he doesn't believe it, it was at least it was viable. It wasn't. It wasn't a game changer, but it 
came across as you know this that it was believed that this was the right thing to do. The question is now this: and as, as someone, I, I don't know who wrote it or so who still is. Where does Colin Kaepernick fall in all this? He, you know, he has been. You know, do we? Does he get another shot at the NFL? It, what? What? What is the expectation? He's been out of the league. He's been out of the league four years. He made. He was. He wasn't. He was. He was a lower end starter at that. Now, to be fair. San Francisco was really, really bad. So it may not have been him. It may just have been the team was horrendous. Where exactly does this do you, does it, I don't know where this goes from here. Is it an admittance of wrong? Admittance of blackballing him to keep out of the, to keep him out of the NFL? Well, I don't see that happening because I think it's just, that's just a lawsuit. I mean, you're turning I'm assuming that's just a massive lawsuit waiting to happen. Does he get a Does he get a chance to? Does he get a tryout in a team with a team like a Jacksonville or a Minnesota or a, a well, not really Buffalo? You know, does he does he get a, a legitimate tryout? Does he want one? You know, it's an interesting question. Of where does this go from here? Well, there are a couple a couple of things going on here. Number one. They will never admit to collusion. You're never getting that, no. right? No. It's never going to happen. Because you settled the first lawsuit that Kaepernick did based on the collusion up to that point. If you're going to admit that you've been colluding three years past Again. that, yeah. guess what? You're adding I for, more, I, right? The claim, yeah, I, I forgot, the about, claims, I forgot about the collusion in 17. Yeah, the claims were settled as of 2017, but that doesn't preclude them from bringing another claim between 2017 and 2020. Okay, so there are a couple of things going on. Let, let, let's say we, we saw, I believe it was last year, where supposedly Colin Kaepernick was going to be given a tryout. And this was a whole dog and pony show. It really was. For, it, it depends. For for some, it was Kaepernick's dog and pony show. For other people, it was the NFL's dog and pony show. Neither <laughs> one of them could come to an understanding as to whose dog and pony show it actually was. I think that was the big problem. And then you had the actual tryout where I think only two two teams showed up. Well, I think he Here's moved it with about an hour to go, he did. if I remember correctly. He did. He did. Well, that's what I'm saying. Nobody could figure out whose dog and pony show it was. That was right. the point, right? So first the NFL said it's under my rules. Then Kaepernick said it's under my rules. And the NFL said, well, if it's under your rules, then you can't do it here. And Kaepernick said, fine, it's under my rules, so I'm going to move it. I mean, it, 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 it was like a game of chicken over and over again, and nobody won. So here we are in 2020 – Cap, Colin Kaepernick has not – we should use his full name if we're going to. Colin Kaepernick has not played a game in three years. Colin Kaepernick has not been on a team in three years. The last time Colin Kaepernick was on a team, he was hurt. He had a knee injury. So nobody's seen him run in three years either. 
And the last time we heard anything about this, as far as reports, was if he wanted, he turned down a trade to Denver because he didn't want to earn $7 million. He wanted to earn somewhere up to $14 million. And then when the XFL offered him, not to say that he should have taken the deal, he probably wouldn't have gotten paid anyway, in retrospect. But they were, he, the reports were, right or wrong, that he wanted $20 million from them. So, Seth, if you give, let's play this out. If you're Seattle and you give Colin Kaepernick a trial, which I would love to see, and he does pretty well. And then he goes and he asks for $8 million. Well, first, Seattle doesn't have the cap room. And second of all, what backup quarterback earns $8 million? None. So it's a little bit of both sides cocktailing and run, right? It's the NFL saying or swallowing their ego a little bit. The NFL saying, we would be happy to give Colin Kaepernick a tryout. And then if Colin Kaepernick succeeds, it's Colin Kaepernick understanding that his value is not a 14 or $8 million player anymore. Are both sides willing to do that? I don't know. And for all the NFL players that are saying, give Kaepernick a job. Well, I agree. He should be entitled to try out for a job. Uh, if he's good enough, I believe that he should be offered a job. But giving him a job requires Colin Kaepernick signing the contract, too. It, that's a two-way street. And if you're offering him 2 or $3 million to be a backup quarterback, he's and Colin Kaepernick believes he's right, what's he going to take? So, well, and that's a, that is an interesting question. And... I mean, I I would think a typical backup, not the not the Josh McCown. I'm 57 years old, and just kind of hanging on, you know, the minimum for many many years. But I think most of the backup quarterbacks are getting paid a little bit more than that, and I think he would only probably go to a situation where, you know, that's why I threw out Jacksonville with Minshew, where there's a chance he could end up playing at some point. I don't think he's going to go to, let's say, well, the Jets. I was going to say the Jets at the Giants, who have who have established quarterbacks with really no, no, no upward mobility. And so I think that greatly is going to greatly limit. And he may not want to come back. You know, I, I, look, I don't know. You know, he's made, he's had such an extraordinary in, impact in a variety of capacities as for all intents and purposes, a martyr. Wait, Seth, you know, we have a call. I'm sorry. We, we, we have a call. So we should probably take okay. a call. Yep. I am... You're on with Seth and Sean. How can we help you, sir? Oh, I wanted to join the discussion, man. Absolutely. You Your name, sir. Naj. Naj, how are hey, you? Naj, how Welcome you? to Seth and Sean. We love having I'm we good, love man. having our listeners. So so give it give us your take, sir. Okay. Well well first 
like when we're having this discussion, we have to make sure that we're taking the pathway that is correct, and that'll lead us to correct answers. So the first thing would be, uh, you you brought up the Denver Broncos situation, completely irrelevant to what we're discussing now, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Colin Kaepernick was not kneeling during that period. The protest didn't happen yet. He didn't didn't have that reputation yet. Uh, The idea was Denver would trade for for Colin, and he would come in under new terms on the contract. Colin's agent, of course, said, no, I'm not going to bring my client in for less than market value for a quarterback, so I'm not going to take that deal. San Francisco, which was rebuilding, was, of course, going to cut Colin the next year because they weren't going to pay for a high-dollar quarterback while they were rebuilding. So when people present that, it's because of John Elway being dishonest at that particular time. He since walked back that comment, but that comment did a lot of damage. Now, oh, go ahead. Now, just hold on one second. Just hold on one second. I, I, all I, all I was saying in that comment, and I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong as to the way it was taken, was that Colin Kaepernick wanted to be a 14 million dollar player instead of a seven. I wasn't saying anything with the, the kneeling. It wasn't anything having to do with anything other than he wanted to. He wanted 14 million dollars instead of seven when he was coming off an injury. That was the only reason I brought that up. There is no other reason under, whatsoever for that. Under, understood, but you got to understand, okay. pre-kneeling Colin and post-kneeling Colin, that's two different salaries. Like, Agreed. pre-kneeling Agreed. Colin, okay. his agent could demand that money. Post-kneeling Colin, he couldn't demand that money. So that's why to even have that in the conversation – kind of muddies the water. So I always kind of okay. point that out when I hear people say it because that's, it's incorrect. And that's John fair. Elway has, has kind of, you know, he's kind of come out, and, and I would say John Elway's redeemed himself for that little comment because it was a terrible thing to do to a guy who was out of work at the time when he brought that up and tried to present it as if that was, you know, something that was in play during that period. All right, now moving on. Will Colin play again? I don't think so. I, I think the kid's going to be a martyr. Uh, and I don't think people are looking at this in the right way. I think people need to look at this as far as labor, uh, the idea of not being able to, to uh, you know, work in your craft. That's really the angle mm-hmm. to look at this because ultimately, as we all know, the quarterback position, really, really, really hard to get somebody who's good at it. So it's kind of a, a position that's hard to blackball somebody out of the league. So when it happens, it's kind of more obvious than it would for another <laughs> position player. You see what I'm saying? So with Colin, man, he's one for the ages at this point, man. How ironic was it that it was a knee to the neck that led to what we're seeing right now? So, you know, it's just a weird thing. I, I doubt that dude ever plays again. I don't even know if he wants to at this point. But we kind of have labor laws in this country, man. Like you cannot restrict someone's employment based on collusion because you don't like their political ideology. That would be like if black folks said, Nick Bosa can't play no more because he thinks differently than we do. Like, no, you can't do that. So, you know, they did what they did to Colin. They should be ashamed of it. And now it appears Goodell and company are trying to take a different look. So maybe there is a little bit of progress there. We'll see. Well, well, but, well let, me, let me hit on one thing because Carlos Hyde, who was a respected player and, and, and now uh, signed with oh I can't, uh, signed with Seattle for uh, as to back up to Chris Carson. 
Yesterday he said if the NFL wants to make this good, they need to sign Colin Kaepernick. Somebody's got to give him a job. So with that in mind, and the uh, look, Carlos Hyde played with Colin Kaepernick in, in San Francisco. San Francisco. So you make the so you make the con. Uh, the only connection I'm making there is that he either knows that he wants to play, or this is a th- there's no winning in this situation if you bring that up if he doesn't want to play, and that just makes the NFL look bad because players are clamoring for Colin Kaepernick to have a job. If what you said is your statement that he doesn't want to have a job, that those don't meet, right? I mean, you can't have players clamoring to give a guy a job when the guy's going to turn around and say, I don't want it anyway. Yeah, well, I have no idea. That's just my opinion of me saying I don't think he would want to at this point. That's just, you know, I have no way of knowing that for sure. But hold on, though, because think about what we're – Think about what we're talking about when, when people say give him a job, which is really interesting language. But think about what we saw. We saw Roger Goodell, who's trying to drag these owners into, you know, the 21st century. Like that's sure kind thing. of part of his job. So he, he conducts this idea of uh, we're going to do a workout. All teams can come and he's going to work out. When have you ever heard oh, we... of the league <laughs> doing a league-wide workout for one guy? Oh, right. we, if a well, team wants them, well, they fly well, you in, you come in, you do it, and you know you either get signed or you don't. But that was a farce, yep. man. And, and well, the that's fact what that we had, you must, can't see that. You, you must, you must have missed my comment where I said I'm not sure whose dog and pony show that actually pony show was. That's it. Okay, but okay. by the. By, by yeah, the end, I wasn't that. sure whether it was Collins' dog and pony show or the NFL's dog and pony show because both were saying, it's my rules, not your rules, and they kept playing chicken, and at the end of the day, nobody won, right? I mean, yeah, but, but at the see, end of the day. This, this is that both sidesism thing, though. This is not a thing of both mm-hmm. sides being wrong. This is a thing of a league doing some extraordinary, ridiculous idea of a workout and then Collins' reaction to it. Like, that's not a both sides were that's wrong. That's true. If, if both sides were operating in good faith, what would we have seen? Some, some franchise fly Colin out, bring him in for a workout, and if they like him, they keep him. If they don't, they don't. Like, that's the typical process. We've seen it every year since we've been children. If both sides You're had right. been performing in good faith, he wouldn't have needed the workout. He would have been playing, the, he right. would have been playing years before. That's I mean, awesome. let's call it what it is. So – I think what we meant by the dog, what I, what I had said also about the dog and pony was that Colin moved it two hours before or an hour before it was supposed to happen. I think that's where and, the dog and pony show on that part came in. Yeah, because like the, the tryout is a whole, the tryout is a whole, like, from Howard. Really right, but that's when we got the information from Howard Bryan about the waiver and about how right. they were going to have that's all control saying. of the tape and everything else. Like, this, this was a setup beyond belief. So then he tries to take control of it, and it was what it was, man. But but ultimately, man, I got questions about people who doubt Colin Kaepernick just because why do you not see yourself as the employee who is being treated badly during his, you know, by his industry? And the NFL doesn't typically fold when they go to court, but they decided to fold this point and say, all right, give them the money. Let's get the hell out of here. We don't want to keep splashing this on the news pages like, I don't understand why people are siding with the billionaires uh, as opposed to the employee who is essentially you. 
against a big well, corporation. Well, I will, I, 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 I will I tell mean, you. Sean, this one's I, yours. I, I, <laughs> oh, oh I, I, I know. And, and I think this goes right back, quite frankly, to what Seth was ago. Yeah, what Seth was saying about the baseball. And I took the sides of the players, and I asked Seth why everybody takes the sides of the owners. And mm. it's, not a, it's not a direct correlation, but, but the point was everybody wants to be a football player. Everybody wants to play a game. And if you could play a game, if I could get on TV to play in the NFL for nothing, I might do that because it would fulfill a lifelong dream. While nobody wants to be an owner. So everybody takes the side of the owners versus the players because nobody ever dreamed to be, except for Sean Palmer, of being an (laughs) owner of a baseball team (laughs) rather than a player of a baseball team because I couldn't play any sport. So I always wanted to be the owner. But that's why Seth. That's why Seth had said that. Um, I truly well, believe that, go. in part, that may be, that's the exact conversation we have. That may be a reason why. Um, I'm not saying it is in this case. Look, there's a lot more to this story than an hour can take place on, and I think we're we're having a great conversation. We're doing it. We're doing a good justice here, and we really appreciate you chiming in. We hope that you listen. And call in again because we love to have well, this well, conversation. Well, can can I get one more point before you guys let me Absolutely. go? Absolutely. Go right ahead. Yeah. Mike Trout is one of the greatest baseball players to ever play. The idea Correct. that he should take a coupon discount for his him in the batter's box, which is, you know what I mean, one of the best things in sports right now. He should take a discount because owners have over-levered themselves and taken loans, misspent money and allocated their resources in ways that weren't responsible. You tell every citizen to save six okay. months of salary and be prepared for an emergency, well, how come y'all didn't do it then? No, Mike Trout, Nas, Trout should not I'm, take a haircut because them folks didn't have their money. I'm going to tell you one more thing, and I'm going to say goodbye. Where the hell were you two weeks ago when I could have used you? Because that is the perfect <laughs> comment that I used two weeks ago with Seth. And he beat me down. So I really appreciate you bringing that to light. So, uh, again, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, this is another argument. Uh, we're, going to be moving, we're going to be moving to another platform, but we hope you do follow us. Um, we're on Facebook and Twitter. Please do. We, we appreciate the comments. Thanks for calling thank you. In. Thanks Good night, for calling in. Good night, guys. That was incredible. Thank you, Naj. That was pretty uh, good. Anybody that wants to call in, we are happy to have this conversation. And he's right. Look, there is a pre versus a post-kneeling Colin Kaepernick. No question about it. And I don't think we were trying to articulate any different. And he brought us back to speed. So where he was two weeks ago when I was trying to make the Mike Trout argument, man, that would have been helpful. Um, But let's (laughs) – we got – we got 15 minutes, and he look, he brought us right into the next segue of, are we going to have baseball this year? And it continually looks like they're ready to flush this damn sport down the drain. This and is your sport, man, me. not mine. So it's killing me. It has to be. It is incredible. That they are nowhere even in the ballpark of this. Pardon the pun. 
and I, I forget if it was ESPN who wrote it or the Athletic that wrote the article that literally they're three to four hundred million dollars apart when it's all said and done. Which yeah, it was for ESPN, us it was Jeffrey Passon. It was Jeffrey Passon, okay. who's, who's which done uh, great work. Is a little bit. Let's be honest, that's a little bit more than I make in a, in a week. Maybe more than you make <laughs> in a week. But thanks. For when you have owners of, of the 32 teams and 20 of them are billionaires, this is 10 to 20 million dollars a team. At a certain point, you just got to suck up and play, because whatever you're saving on that 400 million, whatever, you're going to be losing that tenfold going forward, because there is no Cal Ripken, there is no Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. There is a country that is missing any kind of normalcy in every, in every which way. And the one thing that could at least you know, bring something, and they're shoving it away over 10 to $15 million. You've got to be kidding me. And I don't think the play – look, it'll survive, but – you know, we I don't think baseball ever fully came back from the ninety eight from the ninety from the ninety four strike. I think before no. then baseball was still the number for the most part the number one sport. You may have had the NBA with Jordan in his prime, you know, more you know, bigger internationally. Football, you had the Cowboys and the football's always been really big. But there was there was it was right there. Baseball has not been right there since then. And while there's no number three sport to replace it, I'm sorry, I don't consider esports or I don't consider esports. There is nobody who's going to forgive this. No one will. In a time you know, yeah. of unrest and panic, and you're throwing it away over fifteen million dollars a team. Look, and it's not just the owners. Okay, let's call it spades, spades. It's not just the owners. It's the players, too. I'm playing the other side yeah. because I, I truly believe that when you draw a line in the sand and you won't move off of a position at all, you're never going to – it's never going to work. The, what, what do you – Seth, what do you tell your employees? What do you tell your friends when they go in to their boss and they want something? Have a plan. Have a plan in case he says no. Have a plan in case he says yes. Have a plan. But the boss, a good boss, never says the word no. A good boss says the word yes if you do this, 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 and this. It's it's it's, It's management 101. Coming to yes. Coming to Yes is, is one of my favorite books. It's a negotiation book for lawyers, actually, and for any other, any other uh, negotiation. And it basically, treats you, it basically teaches you never to use the word no. Because when you, were, when you use the word no, people stop listening. People don't come to Yes when you say the word no. It doesn't work. I mean, I've had some issues with people. I've had some 
some friends call me up and say, hey, can you, can you make peace between friend A and friend B? And my response is, yes, if they're both willing to come to the table, but there's absolutely nothing I can do to bring them to the table. That's on them. If you have two people that are unwilling to compromise at all, you're never going to get a negotiation. All you're going to do is get something hammered down your throat, and then the person that is hammered, the person that is hammered, and this is what has happened in baseball, always feels like they're owed something. And that's what the players do. The players have had labor, labor agreement after labor agreement after labor agreement hammered down their throat, to which now they're saying, no, I'm done taking it. As Jim Carrey said in Liar Liar, I'm done taking it up the tailpipe. Now it's time for me to get something. And the distrust that these two parties have will, will ruin baseball. And if you're getting guys like our, our mutual friend Matt Weissman and myself, I will say it flat out, saying if we don't have a baseball season this year, I'm not sure I'm ever coming back to baseball. That's a huge statement for guys like Matt. Matt and I are not casual fans. We go to games. We make it our business to go to games. We watch on the dog days of summer when Seth is outside doing something else. We're sitting in front of our TV watching the Mets and Yankees. Because that's what gets us going. If you're losing us, losing Seth Kamen is, is easy. <laughs> many, many women no, have I, tried to do it over the years. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, losing the fan of Seth Kamen is pretty easy. Because he just won't care. Nope. Losing the fan of, of Sean Palmer and Matt Weissman... Now you just lost the diehard. Now you lost the people that give you money. Now you lost the sport. I, I can't, I, Seth. I can't. I can't get past. Like you said, it's ten million dollars a team. It's five million dollars if the players split it. But every single time, and I'm not sure if you heard about the new proposal that the, that the owners gave the players. It's basically we're giving you nothing. We're just giving you another agreement. The new proposal, which is 76 games, which gets you almost to half a season, says they will pay the players 75% of their salary. Now, the players have been adamant that they want 100%. But here is, okay, we're giving you more games. We're taking a little bit of salary, right? I mean, again, this is negotiation one-on-one. You come off your position, we come off our position, we make it a deal, right? And then they said, but if there's no postseason, I'm sorry, we're taking another 25% off that. So you're only getting 50%. 50% of 50%, which basically means you're getting 35% of your salary. If there's no postseason, do they know if there's a postseason? No. And if there is a postseason, which is where the owners make all of their damn money, the players don't get more. They only get their 
this is just bad faith, Seth. This is distrust. This is ruining a sport. And I'm 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 sad. Like I am sad. That all I all I can talk about is labor negotiations instead of spring training. I'm at that point. Okay. We have about eight minutes left. I want I want some quick answers for you. Excuse me, from you. Okay. Number one, does Colin Kaepernick ever play another down of football in the NFL? No. Does Colin Kaepernick ever get signed by a team or an offer to tryout? Offer to tryout, not signed by a team. Offer to tryout. No. Take a tryout. That's better. Not offer. Take a tryout. Yes. So you think he takes a tryout, gets offered a actually, contract? I, I'm gonna, actually, I'm going to change my mind. I do think he plays another down in the NFL. Because he's 30 years old. You know what? He's yeah. 30 years old. If he, he seems to have kept himself. I mean, out of what I read about the – yeah. If that's – I don't know. Look, I don't know if that's what he wants. If he wants that, right. then yes, I do. Okay. Do we see Major League Baseball this year? No. Why don't you answer them with me? We might know by next week whether we're going to see Major League Baseball this year. Why don't you answer these questions with me? Okay. Uh, Colin Kaepernick will not see another down of football. Uh, He won't be offered another tryout. He he might be offered another tryout, but he won't take it. He may not take it. I don't think he wants it. He may not take it. I don't think he will. I think he'll get offered a tryout. I think the Carlos Hyde comments are really interesting in that they have said, like I said to Naj before, he said, if you want to make this good, Roger Goodell, have a team sign Colin Kaepernick. I think it's just an interesting quote because, as you said, who knows if he wants to play or not at this point. Well, my so, assumption is if, 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 that's, if that comment is being made, if these comments are being made, my assumption is he wants to play. Well, that's why, I'm, he wants to that's pl- why I'm aiming yes. I'm waiting yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I think there will be a baseball season. I think it will be probably about 60 games. I think in 2021, you are going to have the biggest Major League Baseball strike that might wipe out the entire year. Which, which season? Next year? Next year. After, after this year, I believe it's 2021, the labor agreement expires. And then you have lockout come next spring. Or you have a strike. Or the players decide not to play the playoffs. I mean, if the players were smart, they'd strike right then, right after the regular season, because they don't get play, they don't get paid for the playoffs. That would be the smart thing. Um, do we have an NFL? Do we have an NBA and NHL season? Yes. So. I'm assuming we agree on nothing so far. <laughs> well, and and I think we have one, but I think both are shut down. At some point. Okay. We have five minutes left. Um, if you'd like to go first, go right ahead. If you want me to go first, that's fine. 
Uh, how about it? Okay. Um, I'm going to kind of go off of something that you did today. We got three minutes. So all right. I'll make it very quick. You know, looking around, all I see on CNN is the voter is the horrible voting positions down in Georgia. I know you voted down there. Look, this is all suppression. We all know it. If, and I wish there was a better answer. Everybody, please go out and vote. This in the primary, in the national, I realize it's horrible. I realize that people are pushing against the people voting, which is horrendous. But considering what our country is now, I don't think there are no excuses anymore. So please do it. Nice and simple. You're up. Well, you kind of took my thunder, but that's where we were. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I look, there were, there were lines around the corner to vote today. There were, there was an hour, it, it, there was an hour delay due to technical difficulties. Uh, the one thing I will say about the South is that people were patient. Uh, they didn't get irritable. But I think a lot of that stems from exactly what Seth said, in that we talk about words making a difference. Words start the conversation. Actions push the conversation. The I know what type of political affiliation Seth has. If you haven't figured out mine, you haven't been listening. Get your ass to the polls, people. You want to make a difference? That's the easiest difference you can make. That's the easiest thing you could do. Get these guys out of here. Make the world a safer place. Make the world a better place. Make the world a nicer place. That's, that's, I mean, if there's anything that we've learned in the last couple of weeks is that people do care. There is caring out there. We just don't see it. I saw my niece and nephew go on a, on a protest march at age nine. They shouldn't have to do that, let alone see it on TV every damn day. When I said I'm scared for the future, I'm scared for their future. I'm scared for Jake's future. I'm scared for Morgan's future. Because if we're where we are today, where are we going to be tomorrow? If you don't get your ass out to vote, where are we going to be in November? So that's a wrap for us. We hope that we are on our new platform next week. We might very well be right back here, but we don't know. So, But we'll keep you abreast on Facebook. Thanks to Naj for calling in, and everybody, you're always welcome to call in. Uh, for Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer, BackSportsPage.com. I'll say this, and I say this in the nicest way. Be safe out there, everybody. Please. Have a good we want week. you back listening to us, and we want you safe. So uh, have a good week, and we'll see you next week.